All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to episode 17 of Scar with Dustin Rivenbark. Now, I want to give you a little bit of the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here? And we are here to work out our trials or hardships in such a way that we can begin to see God's glory unfold in our lives. And what does this have to do with me, though, you may be asking. You may be asking, why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is, guys, is that we all have issues, plain and simple. We, we all have stuff, right? Whether big or small, it's there. This could be uh, anything as disorganization in the house during this whole COVID-19 on top of being quarantined, on top of whatever it is, arguments with the spouse. Um, this could be a difference between uh, uh, seeing different things from a different viewpoint in a friendship. Uh, this could be all these different things, work-related, family-related, it doesn't matter. This stuff accumulates. And it can accumulate in such a way that it can begin to cloud our minds and even begin to change the trajectory of mm -hmm. our lives if we allow it to. And so mm -hmm. um, that's sort of what we want to do here <clears throat> is share our uh, mishaps, our inconveniences, share our life stories, our hardships uh, in such a way that we can find God's plan through it mm -hmm. all. Now, uh, with that being said, I have an amazing guest here, Miss Andrea Mercier. And did I get that last name correct? Yeah, you got the last name correct. Yep. All right. You did now, it. Say hello to everybody, Miss Andrea. Hey, everybody. Uh, good to be here. Uh, excited to share with y'all this morning and yes. hope you're having a great day. Yes. And so, Miss Andrea, tell us a little bit um, about yourself, kind of your, maybe your hobbies and, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, well, being cool is number one on my list. So, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Got that one down pretty good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I really, uh, so I love to, to cook. Cooking is a lot of fun for me. Um, and then I love to go on walks as a family. Um, we like to do that, uh, especially now that it's been a little bit nicer out. And um, played a lot of sports growing up, so I always enjoy watching sports now that my old uh, body and my knees that hurt can't do it anymore so it's now just kind of fun to watch it and then I love speaking too that's that's a huge uh, passion of mine as well so so going into that with with the speaking um you are you are married um, I am and your your husband is in the military correct yeah that's correct so yep I am married to my husband we've been married uh, we'll be celebrating 14 years of marriage here in July so uh, that's exciting yes. uh, but yeah we've been married uh, for quite a while and uh, we have one son together his name is Gabriel and he'll be six in August so wow five crazy. years old that's uh, yeah. that's a fun age my my um, I have an 11 year old daughter and I have a two-year-old daughter, and let me just tell you, the estrogen is flowing around this house. Mm. Wow! <laughs> but <Bless> uh, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, with with all of that, um, you you enjoy speaking and stuff like that, and you have um, you have quite uh, a story to tell, mm. and I'm interested to to get into that. Uh, mm -hmm. And a lot of your story um, just sort of includes uh, things like infertility. Sure. miscarriage, 
mm-hmm. your son is is autistic and he being is. a military mm-hmm. wife and how you handle um, all of that. Uh, let's let's dive into some of the infertility um, mm-hmm. issues that that yeah. you have had. Tell me a little bit about that. Yep. So, you know, my husband and I, we thought that would be an easy process, right? Um, as I say, you do the crime, you pay the time, but that didn't, that didn't work for us. So um, it, it took us uh, five years to have a successful pregnancy. Um, within those five years, though, I did have one miscarriage. We uh, were told that we were pregnant and we were so excited. It took us, that was after 21 months of, of trying um, and it was shortly after I found out that, that we were pregnant, um, you know, that actually we were told that uh, we were having twins. Um, and then at my next doctor's appointment, I was told that um, it could be abnormal, um, that I was supposed to come back in a week, um, came back in a week and found out that our babies had stopped growing. Um, so how long? And on Ju- Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh. Well, and on July 4th, uh, that year I miscarried it, miscarried. So, um, okay. it was a crazy independence day. So, you know, I could only imagine the feelings after trying for so long, how, how long were you guys, um, uh, actually, uh, going through fertility and I mean, going through, uh, all of that. Yeah. Well, actually we, um, so at that, those first 21 months, we did not do any fertility treatments. Okay. Um, interesting story though, after that, um, so we, it's cool how this happened. Um, so later on after the miscarriage, that's when all my health problems started. So I have congenital heart disease. Um, I had open heart surgery when I was 11. Mm. Um, but all of a sudden I was dealing with all of this, um, fatigue, um, dizziness and, um, just was an avid runner and all of a sudden couldn't run anymore. And even walking over a certain speed became difficult, but I never imagined in my mind that I would have something wrong with my heart again. Um, come to find out I did and ended up getting a pacemaker actually be celebrating eight years of having my pacemaker here in a, just a couple of days. Yeah. Um, but anyways, got that pacemaker was starting to feel a little bit better, but was still dealing with, um, like huge amounts of fatigue to where, um, you know, I tell this story in my book of how I didn't have the energy to sit at the dining room table uh, at, at, at the chair. And I would actually have to lay on the ground and finish talking to my husband because I was so tired that I didn't have the energy to sit. Um, so uh, I had this hunch that I had adrenal fatigue and so I went to my doctor and I showed him all these lists of symptoms that I had. And he did a blood test. Blood test came back, says that I don't have anything wrong with me. But he said, uh, because you have all these symptoms, I'm going to um, have you go see an endocrinologist. Well, um, that, that appointment is set up. Not long before that appointment is supposed to take place. Uh, get a call from the secretary there saying that they can't see me because I didn't have a blood test coming back. So I remember um, I was sitting on the couch one evening and I was like, Lord, like I I need help. And I was just crying out to God and, and God just did some cool things. And he led me actually to a chiropractor just 17 miles away who helps 
um, heal the endocrine system through okay. natural means. So supplements and diet changes and herbs. That's amazing. And it just so happened, this just so happened that this woman also helps women get pregnant. Okay. So, you know, through all of that, um, all this craziness, um, God led us to this woman who not only helped kind of restore uh, my health, but also helped us get pregnant. So from the moment of hearing you're going to have twins and mm. was, was that nerve wracking? Was that exciting? What was that mo What was that feeling right there? Yeah. I mean, it was exciting. It was, whoa. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, actually I am a twin. Okay. Um, so I do have so a it twin wasn't a sister. shock. It wasn't like right. a, a, it was like, this is a possibility. Yeah. It's not like I, I mean, thankfully I had experienced that my whole life. So I knew what it was like, but yeah. Um, you know, it, it was exciting. Of course it was. Yeah. I remember telling our family and telling my mom and how excited she was. And um, so then to get that news, yeah. um, you know, that we weren't, that wasn't, that those babies were going to be with Jesus instead you know, of with us. In that moment, when, mm. when you get that news of, okay, yep. this isn't going to go uh, the way that I thought it was going to go. I had this picture in my mind. I yeah. had this thought of who these babies were going to be. They were going to mm -hmm. grow up. We were going to do this. We were going to sure. do that. And you almost uh, mm -hmm. start to paint the picture of sure. how all this is going to go in, in your mind. Mm -hmm. When you get that news that it's not going to go that way, mm -hmm. what, what floods through your mind? What emotions did you feel in that exact moment? Sure. Uh, I felt devastated. You know, I remember in that week of waiting, you know, when they told me you're either having this normal twin pregnancy or this abnormal twin pregnancy, my husband and I actually had a little vacation scheduled. Um, we were to go up to Michigan and uh, just have some, some time together. So we didn't cancel that trip. We ended up actually still going, but I remember a moment with God on that trip. Um, and I was with, I was by myself and I had my Bible with me and I just said, God, I said, how is this love, right? And, and I realized in that moment, and now as, you know, as I look back and I reflect on it, like I realized that that was um, really the beginning for me of really getting to know who God really was. Yeah. Um, you know, I had these ideas of who I thought God was based off of all of the successes of my life. My life before that time was pretty easy. But then when this tragedy hit in my life, I'm like, I'm like, I, I just felt like I didn't know who God was anymore. Sure. Um, but that was because I didn't know who he was based off of who he said he was in scripture. So that was really the beginning for me to really get to know who God says he really is mm -hmm. um, in scripture. So you had this trip pre-planned um, yeah, and you mm -hmm. get the news and y'all decide to go anyway, uh, right. just as a form of just getting away from everything, you know, so mm -hmm. it kind of... You know, when you when you look back and I look back at several of the, the incidences in my life and I look back mm -hmm. at uh, the loss of mine and my wife's uh, baby, Callie Grace, and all of these different things, um, mm -hmm. I begin to see puzzle pieces sort of almost coming together. And, and I see God's mm -hmm. hand uh, through the whole thing, even though through the storm, through the fire, uh, it can mm. get it can get really hard. It can get uh, really tough to uh, yeah. you, you want to get angry. You want to get you want to get angry. 
And so it can be often really hard to see God's blessings uh, in the midst of a storm. Yes. But when you, when you look back, you begin to see it all unfold and you're like, man, God is just, God is just Mm. so good, you know, and and he loves us so much. Mm. Um, Mm. at, At what point did you become pregnant with your son? Yep. So that was in August. Uh, no. Well, I found out I was pregnant. Um, that would have been in the fall of 2013. Um, so that was, you know, after four years of really putting the work in and all of this. But after about a year of going to uh, the chiropractor, that we found out that, that we were pregnant. And uh, the pregnancy went great. And my birth went great. Um, it's a pretty remarkable story how God kind of worked in all of that. But um, and we had a beautiful, healthy baby boy that we named Gabriel. Um, and he was born on August 20th of, of 2014. So now at what point did you start to find out? Um, was there any sign of that, of autism at that point? Was there, you, you know, did you know, or, or how did this, how did that occur? Sure. You know, we didn't know because his development was normal, um, you know, as a baby. So he was, um, you know, he walked at 12 months, he crawled at normal times, he gave good eye contact. It's just when he got past 12 months and he wasn't talking, um, I remember we started speech therapy with him. Golly, it probably was around 15 or 16 months he started speech therapy because at that point he was only saying two words and it wasn't mom or dad. Um, It was really probably around the time he hit two years old that it kind of became unavoidable. Um, You know, he was, um, he was starting to stim. So, you know, basically stimming is something that autistic children do. Um, and he would stim on lines. So he would run lines and, um, you could just tell that there were a lot of things that would just go over his head. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't hug. Um, you know, we would ask him for a hug and instead of embracing you for a hug, he'd turn around and sit on your lap. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't wave, he wouldn't blow kisses, you know, all of these normal developmental things that, that most children do. Um, During those moments, um, what, what was kind of, were you, were you feeling like maybe autism at that time? What were you, what was kind of your thought? Yeah. You know, definitely those thoughts go through your head, but I remember at that point in his life, he had such good joint attention. So he would do so well with, with eye contact and, being kind of engaged in what was going on, like with, with his therapist, he would do so well, um, you know, when they did their playtime together, but he started to lose abilities around the age of three. Um, and that's when, you know, his eye contact became much more scattered. Um, he actually started to self harm. Um, and you know, where he used to, um, be so much more engaged with us. He became less and less connected. To In us. what ways did you notice uh, self harm and stuff like that? Yeah, Is it biting so he, or what? Yeah, he yeah. would bite the top of his hand when he would get yeah. upset because yeah. he didn't have the words to express what was going on. 
Um, and then he also started biting us um, and he started biting um, his aides and teachers at school. Um, so, you know, that went on for a while, but you know, that's to watch that happen to your child. Basically it's, I tell people this is it, what it kind of feels like. Um, you know, children go missing, right? Um, lost children, right? Um, and people search for lost children, right? And it kind of felt like in a sense, in a way that my child went missing. This little boy that, that I used to know, right? Who would look me in the eye and engage with me in maybe flashcards or his puzzles or, you know, um, who, who I, though I knew that something wasn't right, he was more engaged and more connected um, than he is now. Yeah. So, you know, you talked earlier about how, you know, you want to be angry, right? Dustin, I've never been angry with God before until that happened. Yeah. You know, because we, we, we prayed we waited. We believed God. And so many people were praying with us. He was born such a healthy, healthy little boy. And then it was like I lost him. Yeah. And, you know, that was something I really had to wrestle out with God. Like, and, and one thing I think I really learned from that and I talk about this in my book, is the beauty of lament. I mean, read, when you read the Psalms, yeah. you know, they're full of lament. Lamentations, um, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. The book of Lamentations, yeah. um, full of lament. And sometimes I think as Christians, we're afraid to lament because we think that that communicates a lack of faith. But if we don't express those real raw feelings with God, we're never going to move on with him. We're never going to grow in a deeper trust, right? Because I had to come to this place where I had to say, okay, God, you know, I don't, I don't like this. Um, this hurts. This feels wrong. And I remember, um, and I tell this story in my book, you know, uh, where I was at actually took some time to have a personal retreat and um, I was just kind of wrestling this out with God and just expressing this anger, this frustration, this hurt. And the Lord just said to me, said, Andrea, will you trust me? And I just, I, and I knew, and I knew because I had been walking with him through all of this difficulty for so many years that I had two choices to make. I could hold on to bitterness, right? And I could grow bitter and angry and, and discontent and miserable. Or I could open my hands and surrender and, and trust. And that's what I did. And I said, okay, Lord, I trust you. And something happens, Dustin, and I'm sure you know this. Something happens when we make that choice to trust God. Yeah. When we make that choice to believe his word and to believe about what, what his word says about his character and his yeah. love that he grows uh, something in our hearts. He grows uh, faith in our hearts. Something's firm and deep, deeply rooted in who he is. And 
we don't get that in the moments when life is easy. You know, when life is easy and we don't have to choose to trust God when it hurts. We don't, we don't need really it. Know. We feel no. like we don't need God, you, you know, in no. those moments. I and we don't know what faith is in that, that time. Right. And I, I could feel like, I feel like I could certainly um, sympathize with the, with the wrestling with God. I remember first finding out we were going to, we were going to lose our baby and I can remember the pain and I can remember, remember the anger. Mm. I got in my truck and I was driving home from work when we first, when we got mm. the news that she had Potter syndrome, she was going to be born without kidneys or a bladder. Um, and, and she wasn't going to make it outside of the womb. I remember mm. hitting my dashboard and I remember crying out to God in anger. Mm. And, and I got, I started feeling bad about that, about turning my anger towards God. And I talked to a very good friend of mine, a very okay. good Christian friend. I trust he's a, uh, 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 almost a, a mentor to me. And so we talked and he said, man, it's okay. He said, it's okay to cry out to God. He okay. said, it's okay to be mad at God. He said, you're acknowledging his existence. Mm. It's okay to not be okay. Mm. But, but you, you know, we can't stay there. Right. But, but it's okay to not be okay in those type of moments. Yes. Now, going, going through um, infertility, miscarriage, um, going through this with, with your son, mm. now autism, all of this while being uh, a military wife, your husband mm. is in the military, um, I'm sure that that comes with its own uh, um, hardships and, and mm. things that just are tough. You know, I yeah. worked in the oil and gas industry for 10 and a half years and I worked three weeks on a drilling rig and three weeks at home. So I would leave my wife every yeah. other three weeks here to be the man and the woman of the house. Tell me about that. Sure. So actually my husband um, joined the military a little bit later in life. So he actually joined um, in January of 2018. So before with, you know, the carriage infertility, he wasn't in the service. He was a, a senior pastor in a church. Um, however, you know, when, when he did leave, um, he had a three month, um, training that he had to go do, um, in the summer of 2018. And that's when my son Gabriel was actually at his worst with his aggressive behavior. Mm. Um, and I literally, like, you know, I look back on that time and, and actually one of the chapters in my book is about this. And, you know, there's this saying that goes around in Christian circles that God won't give us more than we can handle. Oh, and that's yeah. just not biblical. That it's not awesome. biblical. Look you know, at that's, death. death alone. You can't handle that. That's it. overcomes mm -mm. Right. You know, the verse in Corinthians, uh, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's talking about the temptation to sin, yeah. not the challenges of life. That's right. So, um, you know, that was a season of too much. But, you know, kind of like what you said a little bit late, what you said later about kind of how God fits those puzzle pieces together. And, and that was really the time where I learned about really finding support from other people. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story I love in the Bible about Moses, Aaron, and Hur. And Moses has to hold up his hands so that the Israelites can defeat the Amalekites. And as soon as his hands go down, they start losing the battle, but he doesn't have the strength to keep his arms 
you know, with the staff of God and his hands up anymore. So he gets his buddies, Aaron and her one gets on one side, one on the other, and they both help hold his hands up. Yes. And the Israelites defeat the Amalekites. Right. And sometimes our battles are going to go on for too long. They just do. And we run out of strength. And I did not have the strength to do that on my own. So that's when I learned the importance of community, of really being vulnerable um, and letting other people kind of share my burdens. And I love you know, that I, analogy, by the way. I love that. I love that story. Mm, so much power in that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I think as my husband is, you know, you know, is in the military, I've really um, learned the beauty of letting others help and not being afraid to acknowledge that I need help. Mm. Dustin, I used to be um, this independent, competent woman who didn't need anybody's help, right? And then God took me on this crazy journey where I couldn't do it without, number one, his help, and then other people's help. Again, I think sometimes in the church we're and maybe it's just people, we're just afraid to ask for help because to us it signifies weakness. Yeah, but I really, think I, think it's, I think it's in the church and as people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, though, that it's actually a strength when we're vulnerable enough to say, I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And we allow other people to help us. We allow the body of Christ to do what God intended it to do, right? Right. So, you know, I think that... That's one of the biggest um, lessons kind of I've taken away from, from all of that. Um, you know, being a military family, um, it's, it's scary at times because, yeah. you know, um, you don't know uh, is if and when deployment's going to happen, but it really teaches you to just live on God's daily bread, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and it teaches us in a way to number our days, to to to, mm-hmm. to be happy with family together, be happy with the yes. good times, to love each other when we have it. I'll tell you, and th- during this whole pandemic, uh, this mm-hmm. has been this has been huge for my family. Just being yeah. together. Uh, has there been scary times? Is this serious? Are people dying out there? Absolutely, but I don't right. think that that means that we should shut down physically, mentally, and spiritually. I think no. that this is a time we really need to step up, not step mm. down, and we need yes. to grow as a family and grow during these times. You wrote Absolutely. a book, and it's titled mm. "Unraveled," and you yep. sort of just uh, you you include these. There it is, unraveled. <laughs> yes, and so uh, you include these stories and and all of that. Tell us a little bit about "Unraveled," the thought of why you felt the desire to put together Unravel. Sure. You know, I wanted to write a book for a few years now. And I remember I've actually sat down a couple of times to try to write it because I just knew that, you know, God gives us a story because he wants us to share that story mm-hmm. because um, there's somebody that needs to know the hope that we found in Jesus. There's somebody going through something similar or the same that we are, um, and they're struggling. Um, They're wrestling with God too, and they're looking for answers. So, you know, I just, I just know that that God wants me to share my story. So I, uh, like I said, I tried to, to sit down and write it a couple of times, but it's the words just weren't coming. But actually last year, 
Um, so I had some complications with my pacemaker. So I had, to have my pacemaker replaced. Um, so after that surgery, I was home for a while recovering and it was, I sat down and I started to write and the, the words just kept coming. Um, and it was time for me to write my story. Um, because, you know, I believe Dustin, that there is more for us in Jesus, that there is a deeper, more tender side of God that we get to know in the moments where we are um, in these places of pain and difficulty, in these places where we're beyond ourselves, um, where we lose our independence to become dependence, to become dependent upon Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, we learn that he is enough. We learn um, that we can keep moving forward because of the resurrection power that lives mm. in us. And I think, I think so often, you know, Satan comes to tempt us to give up, right? Because I, either we have these expectations of God that he doesn't meet and we get frustrated with him and we say, I can't trust him anymore. Or um, we just get weary and we don't invite others in to help us. Um, and I, I I think you're right. I, th I think oftentimes, Andrea, I think, I think we almost view God or view Jesus from a human standpoint, from how mm -hmm. we know humans to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think we understand the deity. I don't think we understand fully. And we don't. Our finite minds can't really, can't really wrap around uh, how powerful and true and just he really is. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we're, what we're yes. talking about here. There was, there was a word that came to me that you know, hold me in the, uh, hold me in the dark so that I can, so that I can trust you in the light. You know, oftentimes in, at, at nighttime, oftentimes, uh, at, at our, in our darkest hour in our darkest nights, I believe you're right. There's so much more to mm. Jesus's arms that say, let me, let me hold you in the dark mm. so that when you're walking through the day to day, you yes. can trust me. But giving over that trust mm. is, is a lot of times hard because I don't think we have our right thought. I don't think we have our, our mm. mind set on just who God is. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, like I talked about earlier, you know, when I was wrestling with God and I was questioning God and his love, it was because I didn't know who he was. I knew who he was based off of my, and I, call this in my book, my King Midas life, where everything I touch turned to gold, right? Right. But really, when we study scripture, we learn that God calls the, the Christ follower not to a life of ease, but actually to a life of difficulty and challenge. You know, um, in Matthew chapter seven, when Jesus talks about um, the wide road versus the narrow road, you know, this wide road is this road of ease that leads to destruction and hell. But then Jesus says, the road to following me is a narrow road and not very many people find it. And actually, um, the Greek word in verse 14 um, for narrow is the word um, in the Greek that means to press or to afflict. So, um, you know, afflicted is the road that leads to life. Yeah. And I think that. We just, we think, we just don't, we just don't know that about Christianity. James chapter one, man, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. 
mm-hmm. and you, you know it's it's just it's just part of the walk it's part of the christian walk take up your cross yeah and follow me you know all of that mm-hmm. so right. when we're when we're looking at unravel yes. yep. and, so and re- you know ahead. i think oh you know kind of the so as people read my book my hope is that they'll keep going is that they'll find the courage to keep going with Jesus, that they won't give up because there is something deeper as uh, the apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians one, that there is something deeper, that there is that tender side of God, that, that there is a sufficiency in Jesus that will satisfy them in a way that nothing else can. Mm -hmm. You know, I've experienced a lot of pain in my life, just like you have and many others listening to this have, that there's something about Jesus, uh, there's something about his love, that even though um, I have this pain in my heart that I can still lift my hands and worship and praise and adoration to him because of this work that he's done in me, because I've chosen to believe even when my feelings told me not to, right? What what would you say to someone who's in the middle of a storm? Okay, it could be it could be infertility, mm. it could be miscarriage, um, it could be it could be uh, uh, dealing with uh, autism or yeah. many different forms of of issues. There's so many different things that people uh, uh, can be facing right now, and and you mm-hmm. do conferences, you speak to women, stuff like that. Sure. So, what? To someone trying to find purpose mm-hmm. in the storm, to someone yeah. just trying to make sense, just trying to figure out um, why, why me, why, why you God, why, why are you doing this mm-hmm. to me? What is my purpose in this? Mm-hmm. What do mm-hmm. you say to that person? Sure, get my book, <laughs> number yes. one. Um, but you know. Uh, I think it's Rick Warren who says our greatest ministry will come from our greatest pain. Mm. And uh, there's a chapter in my book about God's restoration. Um, And, you know, I think it's a matter of, of just holding on, like you just hold on to Jesus and, and we just, he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful and God will redeem what, what the enemy wants to use to destroy your faith with, God will redeem it. He just will. You know, I've seen him do it in my own life, you know, um, as he's changed me, as he's exposed sin, as, as he's expanded my ministry and my witness because, um, because I've chosen to hold on to Jesus, because I've chosen to take God at his word yeah. instead of, instead of, the latter and growing bitter um, and um, giving up on God. So what is, what is the message that you hope that people will gain from your life? I know you said kind of the message from your book. Uh, Is that, is that the same? Um, Just, just what, what do you hope that, that people will gain um, from, Mm -hmm. from, from your life and your faith and and all of those things? Yeah, sure. I, I just, you know, kind of like I, what I've been saying that hope, you know, I hope they gain hope and that they gain courage and, um, that they keep going, that they hear my story. Um, and, 
maybe they're on the brink of exhaustion, giving up and despair, and that they would find the hope to believe, you know, um, to choose to believe God um, and to grow um, and experience that deeper intimacy with God that's possible and made possible through suffering. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's so huge because that's exactly hope is, you know, without hope, there's, there's nothing else. I mean, hope is the reason uh, I, I do this podcast. Uh, it's the reason I put, I put out my book. I love to speak. I just love to speak on hope. And, and I told uh, somebody yesterday, um, we got to talking about this whole idea yeah. of fame and all of this stuff. And it's like, I don't care about I don't care about mm. being famous. What what I want mm. is I want to be well known for making his name great. You, you know, and, Absolutely. That, and, and yes. there's there's a difference there. It's mm. it's okay to want to spread hope and joy Absolutely. and love yes. and yes. all of that stuff. And so, mm. um, in that, I just tell you um, the biggest message that I want people to take away from our conversation here today is exactly what you kept repeating a second ago. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful, ladies and gentlemen. You may be going through the thick right now. You may be going Mm. through the fire. You may be in the middle of, um, you know, literal all hell breaking Mm. loose in your life. And on top of this, we're in the middle of a gigantic unknown. We're in the middle of a fear. Yes. We're in the middle of yes. a crisis to where mm. it can feel like now I'm isolated. Mm-hmm. Now I'm facing this struggle and I'm alone. Now mm-hmm. I'm facing these hardships and I have nobody. I can put myself uh, in front of nobody. I can't even meet with my counselor now. All of right. these different things. And mm. I want to tell you that's just not true. You are not alone in this battle. Mm. There are millions of people um, mm. around you who are going through something. We all go through yes. something. Absolutely. And, and and we have one of the most connected ages nowadays mm. that's ever been mm-hmm. on this planet. Mm-hmm. Me and you are connecting. You're in Illinois, yes. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am in Alabama and we Woo! are sitting here having a conversation face-to-face. Yes. Um, we have cell phones. We have all of these different ways that you can connect, reach out, get help, Uh, You're Mm. not alone, but more than anything, prayer Mm. is not the least we can do, but it's the Mm. most that we can do. He is faithful. Mm. He is faithful. He is faithful. Amen. And and so with that, I want to play a little game real quick that I play with. Uh, all of my guests. And, and this is just sort of a, um, a, a lighter way to close because the truth is we deal with a lot of stuff on these podcasts and sure. a, a lot of things, but we want to leave people with that hope and we want to leave mm. people with that ray of sunshine, if you will. And so uh, mm. my verse for you comes from Matthew 5, verse okay. 14. And it says, you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. What do you yeah. think about when you hear that? Sure. You know, I, I think it goes back to share your story, right? Let's, let's give hope. Let's give light to the world. Um, mm-hmm. Let's do what Jesus has asked us to do. Um, I think, you know, and also as, as Christ followers, let's remember to be people of joy. 
let's remember that even though there's so much pain and there's so much craziness going on right now that, you know, you know, Easter was yesterday, right? And um, First Peter tells us that we're, we're people of a living hope. So that means that we have um, a joy to bring the world. So um, let's live as people as the light. That's huge. I love that. And, and mm. you know, so many people, um, their testimonies will never go unheard for several different reasons. It could be fear. Uh, it could be unbelief. It could be all of those things. I remember I went on a mission trip to Ethiopia and mm. there was this doctor that was leading us around. He was a local doctor. Uh, and I remember uh, Dr. Hennick, that was his name. And I remember we drove by a cemetery and he looked out the window and, and he was shaking his head. And I said, Dr. Hennick, I said, uh, uh, what's going on? He said, Dustin is so sad mm. that so many people go to those graves mm. with their head knowledge full with a story in their heart, never told. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to my grave yeah. and not, uh, uh, this is coming from Dr. Hennick. He said, he said, I don't want to go to my grave with this full, I want it to be mm. empty because mm. I gave it all to my people. That's right. I gave everything I had in here all to my people. Yes. That's what drives me. Yes. And so I just want us to end kind of on that. Like your testimony mm. needs to be told. People right. need to know what you've mm. been through. Maybe mm. you don't have a meth lab in your closet. That doesn't mean <laughs> that you can't share Jesus, what he's done Absolutely. in your Absolutely. life. Maybe you've yes. never, you know, been to the bottom of it all. But God mm. has done amazing things in your life, and you need to tell about this stuff. And, yes. and so God is, is doing a great work through you, Andrea. Mm. And I'm just mm-hmm. so thankful yes. uh, that we had you on the podcast. And um, so with that, where can people find out more about Unraveled? Yeah. Where can we find out mm. more about you? Is there an easy place we can go? Yeah. So you can go to my website. It's andreamercier.com. So pretty simple. It's just my name. Um, and then you can find my book on Amazon. Um, it's just, you know, type in my name, type in Unraveled, and the book will pop, pop right up for you. So, Will, will you spell um, uh, Mercier for us, please? Yep, yep. it's M-E-R-C-I-E-R. Great. All right, okay. perfect. So, uh, Andrea, if you'll just hold on just a minute. As for our listeners, I want to thank you again for joining us for Episode 16 of SCAR, Seeking Courage and redemption and i want you guys to remember he is faithful he is faithful he Mm -hmm. is faithful now as for me i'll see you again in the next couple of days